Okay, we're live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest. His name is Chris, and he is with Wolf Clan Media. And he's interviewed me a couple times. We just did a recent interview about Johnny Depp, Damien Eccles, very timely kind of subject about this. Seeing that this uh, trial has now at least the gone to the jury, and I don't know what the result. I, I predict that Johnny Depp is going to lose. But I also interviewed with Chris about my book, Profit of Evil. And he sold a couple of books through them. I actually have them about ready to be sent out tomorrow. Today's a holiday. But uh, I interviewed him in the past on his excellent documentary, 9-11 Alchemy, A Big Lie. So I recommend people go to his website. In the show notes, I will put a link to his website. You can see that and the documentary that we're going to discuss today, which I think you know, YouTube might shut down the stream. So you can listen to its entirety on Twitter or Rumble or Odyssey or Facebook. You can check out William Ramsey Investigates. Title of this documentary is Seagate, Big Pharma, Switzerland, and Organized Crime. And he's done an excellent job in putting together these, a lot of things that here in the States I don't think we see. And obviously nobody wants to really report on these huge pharmaceutical companies that have a huge influence upon us, particularly in these times. And their tendrils and, and all the stuff that they've done in the past. It really, and all these people you see on the news, like I've seen this guy Gottlieb on the show almost every day. Like he's just a public figure now and he's, he's a fascist. He's, mm. he's part of the, the, this group. It's shocking. It shows our, how our media has already been compromised, which is part of the story, but Chris can talk about that. So Chris of Wolf Clan Media, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, William. Awesome. So for people who may not have heard our earlier interviews or are not familiar with your work, can you kind of talk about the research? You said you've uh, researched this subject for two years. Can you yeah. talk about how your research kind of commenced? And I've seen some familiar things, some books in here, Coleman's book. Can you kind of talk about your research and how you put together this documentary, please? Yeah, this all, um, you know, my research in general just started probably um, really heavy, uh, not so much being a follower and doing my own work and putting out my own content. In 2017, I produced 9-11 uh, Alchemy, started that series, and there's uh, three documentaries now. So the last one you mentioned, uh, Big Idea, is up, and that's the most recent one. It kind of ties into the occult. Um, so your book was uh, absolutely essential part of the research for that film. And really, 9-11 um, uh, has been like the focus. Um, but obviously, you know, we went through this, um, this PSYOP for, you know, the last two years. Uh, a global psyop, um, similar to September 11th, with some of the same characters and some of the same language, but um, this time it really affected everybody all across the world. And um, what made me make this film is the same thing that made me make the 9/11 films. Is uh, there's just things that no one talks about, and and once again, like you can follow the truth movement, you can follow these alternative media sites, these popular people. You know, I won't drop any names, but people know the alternative media is basically trademarked now, and um, I started noticing, you know, it's just like a standard, you have the mainstream consensus and then you have an alternative consensus where it's like, yeah, China, you know, bioweapons and, um, you know, Fauci and um, yeah, and just the same, the same old things. And I, and it wasn't really hard for me to realize who was profiting from the PCR technology. That was the first thing I did. And when I realized it was Roche Pharmaceuticals and, um, that they were located in Switzerland and happened to be agenda contributors to the World Economic Forum, uh, among many, many, many other things. It just uh, it came like storming in like a ton of bricks. I realized, wow, this is a it's a pretty obvious 
uh, conspiracy, if you will, you know. And, it's incredible. Uh, when you really think about it, they figured out how to enter. They call it a public-private partnership, but it's really fascism. It's really just as simple as fascism as you can as imagine. But nobody really wants to call these guys fascists. But they're <laughs> dictating agendas through the government and actually putting their people in the government to make these statements. A mandate is a force. Like it's like a king. You are mandated to make this uh, decision. A lot of people had to take these treatments without really any, you know, unconsent, no lack of consent. It's actually one of the fundamentals of like the Nuremberg Code and stuff like that. Yeah. But, and, uh, you know, it's interesting because you actually mentioned that um, 10 years ago, over 10 years ago in your Prophet of Evil, you know, you warned about what is now happening as a result of this, um, you know, this PSYOP, this uh, Seagate that we went through. And, um, and that's the thing that really got me. You mentioned uh, before we started here, Scott Gottlieb, and I talk about him a lot in the film. I started noticing uh, that he was on television a lot, you know. And um, when you look into the guy, you realize he was actually responsible for the whole bird flu scare. Um, not solely, but with the help of Roche Pharmaceuticals and uh, Genentech, which is the American version of Roche. It's basically the same company. It is the same company. It's just the American subsidiary. And that's you know, how they were able to pull this off. And uh, it's it's just another example, similar to September 11th, of good technology being used for evil purposes. Um, PCR can be used to exonerate innocent people, um, and it has been, um, but instead they used it to pull off, you know, the biggest PSYOP in human history so far. Can you explain the PCR test, Kerry Mullis, and kind of how strange it is that he died? Like you had that guest on, Ian Davis, mm -hmm wrote pseudo pandemic he's featured in this documentary but it really was fortunate for what happened over the last two years that carrie mollis died six months before it started right yeah yeah it's very uh convenient isn't it um and it you know when i started looking at carrie mollis obviously there was a lot of stuff going viral during the pandemic and i tried to stay away from all the stuff going viral and there was a lot of clips of carrie mollis you know, talking about how PCR isn't really used to tell you if you're sick or not. And um, but those clips would be taken out real, you know, just out of something a lot longer context. And uh, so I started doing my own digging and looking into it. And, and sure enough, like um, they were doing this with HIV and, and he was speaking out about it. And Roche Pharmaceuticals purchased the rights to his technology and he wasn't happy about it. Uh, he said, screw the Swiss. Um, so, yeah, Kerry Mullis just so happened to pass away just months, I think, or was it even, I don't, I don't I think he, I think it was six months before the pandemic started. I think it was, it was actually six weeks. Oh, six weeks. Okay. I got it wrong. Cause it was, uh, I want to say it was like November or something right before or just, yeah. So. And he, but he was known to be contrarian, right? So he was even a contrarian against AIDS, which is some of these same bums are in there. Fauci is all over AIDS and, and getting this drug, which name I can't remember people to take, but Mullis was like, hey, this is not the way you can tell this is it. And Yeah, was, yeah. And you see yeah. Fauci again back in the 90s with the whole, you know, AIDS thing. And, and it just, you see the same characters. You have to start asking yourself, you know, what's going on here? And then what really, what really got me is the Italian names. I start, they, it was, no matter what I did, these names were Italian. And I was like, well, that's kind of, I never really put that together and realized how much of um, American politics, American politics has Italian influence. And of course, 
all roads lead back to Rome. And when you start doing research into the church and things, you're like, oh, well, duh. But that wasn't something that wasn't something I had done before. You know, so that was all very new to me and seeing Gottlieb and Fauci and their parents immigrated from Italy and um, they're in pharmaceuticals. And I just thought, wow, well, this is kind of strange. And eventually that did lead me to Switzerland. But there's really a strange tie there between the Vatican and Switzerland and organized crime and uh, the mafia. And that was really another thing, too, with Donald Trump. Um, it all tied in with the mafia. It was like this dude had I mean, every. Donald Trump has ties to the mafia around every corner. I mean, I mean, left and right. And so it's like, and really anyone in New York who's doing politics or business or construction has had some run in with the mafia, right? So it's just, uh, it just seemed all these things, I hadn't heard anyone talking about them. So just, I had to make the film. It just, it, it was one of those things where why again, are we two years into this? And no one is talking about these things. No one's mentioned Roche. We've heard Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, BioNTech, these companies. But who did this to us? <laughs> it was Roche. Yeah. And they're, one of the, and they're the number one pharmaceutical company in the world. That's what people don't realize. They are number one. And number two is also located in Switzerland. It's Novartis. They own a portion of each other. It's just like the whole block, BlackRock and Vanguard, this you know, shared ownership. I don't really know how all that works, but clearly these are the people calling the shots. So why isn't it being talked about in these big films like Scamdemic or Plandemic or whatever, you know, the names are going viral, but all they're saying is China, Fauci, bioweapons, you know, why isn't anyone talking about what's really going on? That's why I made it. And it goes in and it ties in with all of these, your research ties in with what we see at the World Economic Forum, Davos, and exactly. it really is incredible what the Swiss allow their corporate executives, their families to do in that very small country. I think it's only six million population. It's nothing. Yeah. And when you realize that it's it's, it's a total mind blow and it's obvious. It, it was almost for me like I felt like, wow, how did I miss that? How do you miss that all these years? Like it's the only country you can't attack. It's, you know, the old trope of having a Swiss bank account. You see it in films. You know, that's where you go to hide your money. You know, criminals go hide their money. But no one really realizes it. And the, this whole time people are talking about, as you said, Davos and the World Economic Forum. Well, let's, you know, look over there, at, you know, it's the, and that's what no one really is doing. And that's and here's the thing is what's really important, um, you know, because some people would say, you know, I even saw some comments about this film being two years too late. Well, you know, a lot of people, again, are just hearing things and repeating what they hear. They see something and just run with it on Facebook goes viral. But when it comes down to getting to the truth, which is what I've always been about, you actually have to do the research and kind of ignore what everyone else is saying. You can't follow the consensus. You have to be anti-paradigm in order to actually find the truth. And again, no one is talking about Switzerland and these pharmaceutical companies and how they tie into organized crime. And it just so happened that this Ukraine-Russian war started in February, I think 24th. Well, on February 20th was the biggest leak in the human history of Swiss bank accounts. And it's called Swiss Secrets. You can Google it. There's a Wikipedia page. It was sent to, I think, like 20 something media outlets, including the New York Times, one of the biggest. But of course, that did not become a story because the Ukraine and, and it's outrageous for people to think that you could actually, you know, that bankers, you know, in Switzerland could start a war in two other countries just to cover up 
their dirty laundry. But I mean, this is how this is what's going on. And that that leak that just happened, it, it has, you know, King Abdullah of Jordan right next to money launderers and drug cartel members. And uh, it's all available, but uh, no one's paying attention because Switzerland. I, mean, I never heard of it until you mentioned it. So yeah, I, was, very, uh, I try to stay pretty well informed on, on it's, non-corporate media. Right. And that's the thing. And I think a lot of people are in this, like, you know, I'm pretty informed. I, I kind of know what's going on. But then you start realizing there's like these, uh, there's like these uh, teams of uh, truth seekers where like some people are like, oh, it's all the, you know, Israel and them over there. And then it's all Jesuits or right. and this guys or the Freemasons. Right. But nobody, and I mean, nobody is pointing at Switzerland. And that's and that's who it is. And the Knights Templars founded that country. The you know it's it's very it's very very shady. Um, there's so much so much symbolism there. So much satanic symbolism all over. You have the child eater of Bern eating children. The statue I showed uh, in the credits towards the end. Uh, I mean that country is just evil. It's evil. It's really incredible. And they were involved in a lot of shenanigans with the Nazis. Dulles was there. They. A lot of the Nazis got ratlined through there to Italy, to South America. Um, and we talked about the pre-show that was where LSD came from, which kind of yeah, uh, psychedelicized the whole world, you know? So, you know, that was interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought that up because I didn't really tie that in too much in the film. But, I, you know, it's almost too much of a coincidence. It's like, wow, Hoffman. Right. And that's the name of the, the family that runs Roche, right? It's the Hoffman family. Right. And billions of dollars, like known billions of dollars. But, and then there, uh, I think you said they had 18 years of increased sales in vitamins. So they're superpower. Huge. Oh, yeah. Let me just move this here. But I think what's interesting too is that they're not just business people, they are involved with Schwab and all these other characters. They are, they're in they have their hand in creating the kind of global agenda, the fourth industrial revolution. So they're not just passive, you know, I'm just going to, you know, worry about the nickels and dimes. They're involved in generating the environment where they can, they can manipulate the public. Right. I mean, they're talking about the new social contract, trying to build trust with the public. No, exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that was the point of bringing them up and why I focus so much on the Hoffman LaRoche family. They are the oldest family in Switzerland. No one's ever heard of them. I've never heard of them. Um, I, most people are not talking about them. Um, even if you get into the real fringe stuff, like the black nobility and the 12, you know, uh, families of the ancient bloodlines, you still don't hear about Hoffman LaRoche. And I even found, um, I guess you would call it a society in Switzerland called the DAG. I think is how you pronounce it, D-A-I-G, DAG. And this is uh, basically an aristocracy and they are part of it. They actually like helped form it in the early, like early, early, um, I can't remember exactly when, but the early founding of Switzerland. And uh, these aristocrats, um, they're like, they, uh, they actually differentiate themselves from other um, very wealthy people, very wealthy people in Switzerland can be extremely wealthy, but if they have what they call new money, they're not part of the DAG and this other aristocracy. I mean, these people really do. The nouveau riche, yeah. It reminds me of, you know, how you speak about Crowley and, um, you know, very much they, these aristocrats, they think of themselves as higher ups almost to all yeah, of us. Very much classist and 
happy to, to maintain that class structure, intermarrying, interbreeding with each other. Indeed. And Switzerland is very exclusionary. The whole country, you cannot become a citizen. It's very hard mm. to get citizenship. You can live there. There's actually families, intergenerational families, who lived in Switzerland who do not have citizenship. So wow. my yeah. grandpa will live there, and I'm his son. I'm not a citizen. You have to really turn some screws to become a citizen there. It's very, very hard. And, you know, I just found out that you have to have your um, vaccine passport to travel there now. I'm not surprised. Yeah. And we saw in Davos, they had their own Davos police guard for this whole, you know, convention oh. of monsters who were there, like Kissinger and all these other people. Like, so. Yeah. It's... And again, for people who think that Trump was going to rescue us from all this, look at how he was welcomed at Davos. Um, look at how he's hugging on Klaus Schwab. And Giuliani, too, right? I think that's very important for people to see Giuliani getting knighted by these Italian mm. black nobility. And the, there is actually, like, there were nobles. They're known as black nobles in Italy. Like, they, what it's is very that? unusual for Americans. But, you know, the Giuliani thing, it's so it's it's so important you brought that up because what is that? That was that was right around 9-11. And, and, and why is a, a person who's being knighted, um, you know, a person who stopped the Italian mafia right before all before you know this guy was a district attorney i believe it was and he he's been credited for you know bringing down the new york mafia um and he's being knighted by you know basically italian mafia and then becoming the president's personal lawyer during all of this this shenanigans right and that's really important it's really important to, for people to realize the organized crime aspect of that because um i don't think any of this would happen without uh, organized crime so it's important you brought up Giuliani. Right. I mean, it is really incredible. I mean, that's just one connection. So he's got an order of Malta, if I remember, an order of Savoy. Yeah. These are old line, very old, uh, old line orders of, of control, really. Like, yeah. what I mean, what you had originally call fascist, which, you know, the left would call fascist, but it's really the old mm -hmm. aristocratic money landed families and stuff like that. That's what they do is they give these orders. Or even the House of Saxe-Coburn-Gotha, which changed its name to whatever, the Windsors, they hand out like Order of British Empire yeah. or something like that. So that's how they kind of. And again, these people, they don't think the way we think, um, you know, again, like uh, if you were to ask them if they're British, um, they're, no, they're aristocrats. They, they, do, they are not um, like that's important for people to realize that this class is like you said. And it's interesting that you keep mentioning fascism because Italy, it, um, it, this is uh, what really gets struck me was uh, like the P2 Masonic Lodge uh, propaganda do, which is a fascist secret society that was um, banned by the regular Masonic Lodge. And that's saying something. Um, if you're being banned by a satanic organization already, um, and, and a fascist organization. And it's, and, um, it's interesting because you know about the uh, history with the fascist regime in Italy, but it seems a lot of um, fascist uh, state in power in Italy um, through mafia, organized crime and Freemasonry. And that was what really struck me, uh, you'll see in my film, and I've not seen this anywhere else, is um, the connection between organized crime and Freemasonry. I mean, aside from them having very similar blood oaths, um, I believe the blood oath with the mafia is pricking your finger um, with the card of um, the uh, angel of Michael, if I'm not mistaken. 
um, and uh, it's a blood oath, right? And, it's a blood oath, right? And yeah. then you burn a piece of paper or something yeah. like that. And it's interesting because the navy, um, the navy, uh, I think the Templars and the Freemasons, they have like the sword touches the breast, right? And uh, the blood. Well, the navy happens to do the pinning, where they smack their chest as hard as they can and and pin themselves. And it's it's really that's all goes back to the Knights Templars and really Freemasonry was probably born out of the Knights Templars. And that's what I started realizing is when you really you still have the order of Demolay in the, it's yeah, the it's, introductory order to get into the Masons. And Jacques yeah, Demolay was the head. I didn't know a lot of that. Yeah, the head of know. the Templars. Right. And the yeah. Templars were supposed to be responsible for bringing in really dark black magic from the Middle East. So yeah. that's why you have the Baphomet associated yeah. with them. And I don't dive into any of that in the film at all. I keep the film very, um, very fact-based. It's all mostly about PCR, who the shareholders are, um, what is the global public-private partnership, as you mentioned, that um, was coined by Ian Davis. Um, Ian Davis wrote the book Pseudo Pandemic. Um, it's important for people to to check that out. And I and I actually heard him mention Roche. So he did his research and he he realized that Roche profited a lot from the bird flu and swine flu, uh, the 2009. Every time there's been some kind of scare, you can find Roche and even Scott Gottlieb there um, mentioned um, or and connected in some way. And so that really uh, that really struck me. And and again, that just all ties back to Switzerland in the strangest ways. Um, even though, again, like I said, there is there is these connections to Italy, but I, it should be pointed out that uh, Switzerland is neutral. They don't have uh, military, right? But they have a reserve. I believe you have to you have to have arms and you have to join the reserve and military. And right. uh, every every person is given an assault rifle. Right, so right. Brought up yeah, with your own assault rifle. You're right. And they have bunkers, too. Um, I, it's important to note that they have the most bunkers, I think, than any country, possibly Greenland, too. But I think uh, some bunkers are requirements for some citizens. And um, it's it's really interesting. But the Swiss Guard doesn't, um, you know, engage in any war. Right. We have they haven't engaged in war in forever. Well, it's it just they just so happen to protect the pope. And I think that's it's, it's really interesting. You know, nobody really knows why that is. Uh, the Swiss cantons have been in contract with the Vatican for centuries. And I mean, centuries, it goes back further than we can really figure out. So we don't know they why. They have a very distinctive dress and you can see them at the Vatican now, which is another yeah. kind of strange. Uh, yeah. I know, can with uh, spears. Place, yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother <laughs> show. But it is interesting how when you research, you found out that a lot of these uh, mafia groups, the Drangheta, and all these people in southern Italy were trying to get into pharmaceuticals. They knew yeah. it was profitable and did and did. I mean, you can you can find headline after headline now um, how the mafia is now profiting from their medical takeover in 2020, and it's like, wow, really, you know? And and people should know if you're in America that the Italian mafia is still very very powerful in Italy and and probably here in the United States as well. Um, again, just look at all the Italian names that I named um, and not, not to be, you know, discriminating toward. I mean, I have Italian blood in me somewhere, I'm sure, uh, on my mother's side. But the point is, is that you can't like, um, you know, there was this case. Uh, do you remember Amanda Knox? Very much. I've done shows yeah. about her. Yeah. Right. So uh, uh, someone pointed out to me that you can't go commit a crime. You can't just go out and, and be a criminal in, in the city in, in Italy. Um, without like permission and and it's true like you have mm -hmm. to join like these clans and, and and you're working on behalf of the mafia a lot of the times if you're if you're a career criminal in italy you have ties back to the mafia 
And so that's important. And, and, and politically, and like we were talking about with Freemasons, that's how all this was done. The mafia infiltrates Freemasonry and vice versa. And um, really, which one's more dangerous? Who knows? Um, and then they infiltrate political organizations and pharmaceutical organizations. And, and that happened. And it was happening. For, you can really see in 2016, uh, if you look into what you just mentioned, in 2016, right after Donald Trump became president, the mafia started going into nursing homes. Um, I mean, you name it, pharmaceuticals, medical industry all over. So it's it's really interesting that that happened. Right. And it's not the mafia of the 50s and 60s or even the 20s in the United right. States. They're much more sophisticated. They have much better corporate cover. Profession. They're, they're still there. Yeah. It's all they're about better. bloodlines and business. It's bloodlines and business for them. You know, it's it's nothing more. Yeah. You can just see that the same progression of the mafias really follows the Godfather series. First part is the family. And then at the end, there's just a massive corporate boss in Italy, uh, you know, we're talking about massive billion dollar deals. And there's Michael, right. you know, so. Right. It's, it's and, and, and much what more I, honest. And it mentioned just one more thing. Sorry to interrupt. But yeah, they do no. mention the Roberto Calvi murder, which was a Masonic murder. I don't know if you realize that, but he yeah. was found hanging upside down on that bridge in mm -hmm. in a very peculiar fashion. He was hanging yeah, hung he, by uh, one leg. Yeah. One leg. That's what it was. He, he, it was his cross. It was the hanged man. It was resembling the hanged man. Um, which is tarot uh, card. Tarot card. Which is interesting because we see that in 9/11 with one of the falling, and they made a documentary with the falling man doing in that shape. And I just thought, wow, how how interesting, you know. And that that always brings me back to the spiritual aspect of some of that. But uh, wasn't Roberto Calvi also? Uh, didn't he have like? Um, a bunch of currency stuffed in his pockets, like different currencies. And yeah, I think it that and, he, and it was yeah, in the financial he, district of London. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it was all super suspicious. Yeah. And he I had mean, ties to Masonic Lodge. Uh, so as you mentioned, that was probably a Masonic murder and it was a ritual inside and, job. So they ritualized it. Yeah. So you uh, know what really got me though, what really, really struck me. And again, like we talked about pre show. Uh, it just it hit me like a ton of bricks because I think we all know this inside, but don't realize it is where are all of the NGOs and nonprofits and international organizations located? And they're all in Switzerland. I mean, everyone you can think of from the international LGBTQ community to the Red Cross to the Internet. I mean, every international everything you can think of is located in Switzerland. Right. You make that point in the book, right? So you've got, let's see, it was the ICC, SAIC. Well, God. Yeah, what's the it, banking one? The um the bank of it for international. Have, yeah, the, the yeah. bank and central bank of all central banks. Exactly. It's just, everyone's there. You, when do you it, it, talk about that? I mean, it, you don't. Mm -mm, so never. Right. Yeah, so you've done a lot of original research. And also, there's a weird Epstein tie because his black book that was released, there are clubs there that nobody in the West has ever heard that he was a part of. There was a couple of ski chalets and things. So oh, he wow. was net, yeah, so he was networked into some of that stuff. I don't think he was, uh, I think he really was kind of an elite servitor. And, yeah. And that's yeah. why they, yeah, he had to go. But well, of course, and anyone who's into, if you have any ties into the elite circles, then you're have your fingers in Switzerland in some way. That's that's what that's what it is, it, and and it's so obvious. Again, like like that's the whole, most important point is it is very obvious. It's super easy to figure out <laughs> how they're doing all of this through NGOs, nonprofit organizations, and Swiss bank secrecy. 
um, laws. Right. There's anti-calling laws there. I mean, it's, it's right. ridiculous. And this P2 Lodge is in violation of the Constitution of Italy, which tried to ban yeah. secret societies. And mm -hmm. you see this picture. It's a fascinating picture because I know the background of Silvio Berlusconi, who came out of the P2 Lodge. Oh, his okay. power was based upon the P2 Lodge. That was I'm his benefit sure. because he knew this guy. I think it was Agnelli. can't remember his name. But he was able to get cheaper loans from the Bank of Italy than his competitors, and it allowed him to underbid everything. So the interest rates were lower. And it was mm -hmm. all through his connections at P2 Lodge. And he bought – there's a really good book called The Sack of Rome, and it's okay. about Berlusconi buying up all the media. So he understood that he could propagandize people, and it got him into uh, becoming – the head of the Italian government, like the prime minister. Yeah, I, I, know, knew, so. I knew there was something shady about him because he was a member of the P2 Lodge. He he was, you know, he's always seen doing, you know, the symbols. Right, and he's got the symbols. He's uh, a party boy. He got busted doing boom, boom clubs with underage girls. And yeah. there was some of these girls that were in his club, some died. And there was one that became famous. And so how do you pronounce his name again? Berlusconi. Berlusconi. So you, yeah, Berlusconi. You, yeah, he yeah, was Silvio Berlusconi. Look up his real career. This book, Book of Rome, is really good. Okay. But it's much more interesting because you had a picture of him like chumming up with George Bush Jr. Yeah. They're both both part of heavy duty elite yeah. cults. Secret societies. Secret societies. Yeah, exactly. Skull and bones to the P2 Masonic Lodge. And and, and what a name to propaganda do. Um it's Dewey, so it's propaganda too. Due oh, is the number two, so it's D-U-E, yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. how they pronounce yeah. it. I mean, um, for for a Masonic lodge to have the word propaganda in its name, I mean, it's got to be that's pretty obvious to people. And that's it. just one tendril that came out of that. There are all yeah. these other sketchy people and stuff right. like that. So and so you see in the film how I how I could have went off the rails on so many things, and and that's the thing is. I didn't, I didn't want to focus too much on P2, but that's a whole, that could be a whole film in itself. I oh, mean, I, no I believe if you go look at that list, there's the list is published. I had it published um, and I, sh I show it in the film. Um, there's uh, almost a thousand names on there and those descendants and those family names are still in power today. So it's still operating. It's still very much functional. It's still a big part of what's going on in this world and what, you know, what the problem is. So it's very important. It's very important. The P2 Lodge and all those names which are published. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really incredible. It's, 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 and you talk about Coleman's uh, committee of 300. Yeah. So that all these, exciting. all these groups are all involved in, in global control and global propaganda. Really. They really are yeah. working to reshape the thing with Schwab. Yeah. That was really weird with Coleman's book. I just, I happened to just pick it up, you know, because it, you know, we were, at home and i said you know well and i hadn't read it in probably 10 years so i i picked it up and reread it and i read through it and i and i ran across roche and i was already studying roche because of what we talked about the pcr technology and them being agenda contributors to davos and the world economic forum and not only that but uh hoffman the family shareholder and head of roche he is the chairman at chatham house think tank um you know for the royal institute of international affairs. Um, and I think there's another um, think tank that he's a big part of, and I can't remember exactly right now, but there's also um, there's also all these different ties to NGOs and you see them having ties back to the World Economic Forum. And so 
when the World Economic Forum announces things like their Great Reset and, you know, all this and they do the, you know, the, the what was it, the Event 201 and all this, you see, like, obviously, we're supposed to be pointing our fingers at them, right? We're supposed to be pointing our fingers just like we're supposed to be pointing our fingers at Biden now, right? Um, you know, he's responsible for everything, right? That, that, that's how these people work. The aristocrats and the elites and the bloodlines and these families and they they pull the strings and they put these people on television like Biden and Trump so that we can point our fingers and blame them, you know? Biden isn't making any decisions. He, no. The only decision he makes on a daily basis is what flavor of ice cream he's going to have. His brain <laughs> yeah. is gone, dude. Yeah, you know, I really can't stand the, like, the bumper sticker thing with, I did that. It's like, no, you didn't. The Rockefellers and, yeah, and, the and other the, people. Yeah, ExxonMobil. Well, I mean, we can go and, on for days. Right, really but Rockefellers show up in your documentary, too, because the Committee yeah. of 300 was started by three guys, two Italians, and mm -hmm. one American. And who's the one American? Yeah, Rockefeller. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that for years. And that's the thing when I say I don't trust any alternative media anymore, because I've been following this for years, years and years, the truth movement or whatever you want to call it. And I hear, you know, you hear these things like, uh, you remember when he passed away, when when David Rockefeller died, there was this story about him having seven heart transplants. I'm sure right now people listening are going to say that is true. I don't believe it's true. I dug into it and I don't even think he had one heart transplant, but the dude did live a long time and, and he died. And, you know, that's, it's a better place now, but he has descendants. He has daughters and um, he has shareholders and friends. And that's the thing, you know, but we can't point our fingers and just blame the Rockefeller. And when you realize that for 10 years, no one has really mentioned that, the Rockefeller didn't really do it by himself. Like you said, he went to Italy and the Italian industrialists had these ideas, you know? And um, yeah, that led me down a whole, like this, uh, there's just, there's so much in Italy and, and there's just so many ties, like you said, with Dr. John Coleman's book, The Committee of 300, having Roche mentioned and so many other things, I was like, wow, this is, it's really obvious. It's really clearly obvious. It's, it's about families and they're mostly in Switzerland and Italy. It's, right. it's, it's weird. really incredible. Yeah, the Hoffman family's involved, and they're involved in local politics, right? So we've got tendrils mm -hmm. all throughout. So these yeah. potent families, it's just yeah. another example. But this one is very unique because it's in a very small, a mountainous country in the middle, smack dab in the middle of Europe. Right, which you can't, which is neutral, and you can't, um, you know, do anything. They say uh, if there was a nuclear uh, uh, holocaust, that the only thing that would survive is uh, the ants in Switzerland and a million Swiss people, right? So, like, it's really interesting. And, again, it's in your face. It's in your face. Come check us out. Have some Swiss cheese and some fine chocolate. Check out the ski resorts. It's beautiful, you know, but it is in your face. Like, we, are, we dominate and we rule the world literally through international NGOs, and pharmaceutical companies is how they pulled this off. And that it's just mind blowing with Roche again, like to this day, it's been two years. This film has been out now for quite some time and I'm still not hearing anybody talk about Roche. I mean, nobody, it's, it's still just Pfizer and the world economic forum. A lot of these, these politicians around are all, some of them got their training were brought up through the WEF, which yeah. is being financed by Roche, right? Yeah. Or global leaders. Isn't that what he calls them? Yeah. Um, and there was actually, there was a guy, I, this like blipped on the screen and disappeared, but there was a guy uh, from Canada. I think he was a member of parliament. He was researching the inc incursion of the World Economic Forum, World Economic 
forum, right? Is it a foundation? I don't know. The WEF into Canada. And he said, this is the most dangerous infiltration of the Canadian government ever. And right. I don't even know what happened to that. But he literally said, and I mean, you can talk about what's happening in the United States too. Is that they've those people, those global leaders really are global leaders. They're in all yeah. countries, India, China, yeah. US, yeah. Canada. It's amazing. And, um, you know, Ian Davis in his book, Pseudo Pandemic, he talks about that. He doesn't really focus on Switzerland how, like I did in the film, but he talks about the global public-private partnerships. And, and, and now that's actually a thing that has its own Wikipedia page. And, and, and this is a business model. Again, um, there's a full interview on my website, wolfclanmedia.org, where you can watch um, me and Ian talk about everything <laughs> in his book. And, and um, bless you. And... Um, and basically, the, the global public-private partnership, it, is, it's, it literally happens on small levels all over the place. I mean, if you think about how things like the Bill and Melinda Gates uh, Foundation is compartmentalized, you know, the guy sitting at his desk doesn't really know how the whole place is operating. And that's very much how things like September 11th and this happen is because there's compartmentalization. You know that as well as I do. And, and a lot of people know that, but they don't realize that that's a business model called the public private partnership. And it's, it's getting, you know, schools and NGOs and governments and private sector and public sector to all work together on something that way. No one really knows what, what the, you know, end goal is. And what Ian says is he believes there's a global public private partnership that is a, like a single cohesive thing that runs the entire globe basically. And I'm saying that's true, but it's located in Switzerland and it, and it's, and it's through, and it's not just one entity. It's like you said, it's the world economic forum itself is a partnership. You've got people coming from all different you know, NGOs and all different areas, you know, government leaders, everything you can think of coming to the World Economic Forum to come up with ideas. And they're not making policy. They are shaping public policy, but not, you know, it's not definitive. It's ideas. And 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 it really, I think that helps them with the plausible deniability, if you will. It's like, oh, you know, we didn't, we didn't say to do this. It was just an idea like the whole, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy that they put out that went viral. You'll just rent everything. And now they're talking about stakeholder capitalism and, um, and them being the, um, you know, the, um, the trustees of the, the global um, commons, which is basically everything from information right. to space to, right. And so it's they like- plan to control everything. Yeah. And, and they don't control. sit down in, 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 in like in, in writing, so to speak, they meet, they talk about it at the forum and then leaders who are members of the forum go back and implement it in to their country through policy. It's very, very compartmentalized. And the public-private partnership is probably the most important part of it. But I think it's very much headquartered out of Switzerland. It's obvious. That's all there. All those all those word jumble acronyms are all in Switzerland. Yeah. Right? The BIS, the WEF, all those. Yeah. And they so want you to point your finger at Bill Gates. They want you to say, ah, oh, Gates. You know, Bill Gates is doing all of this. And again, like... Bill Gates, uh, it, he runs Gavi. Gavi is the you know vaccine alliance. If you go to Gavi's website, which is located in Switzerland, again with the Club of Rome, uh, located in Switzerland, started with the Rockefellers, um, again, and this is located there. But if you go to Gavi's website, it says on their website that their you know their goal is to create new markets, and that's what they did. That's that's what this whole last two years was. They created a new market. They're the vaccine alliance. They create markets for vaccines to sell. And, and that's the thing. But 
when you look at that aspect of it and you focus on Bill Gates and vaccines and that, then you're never going to see the big picture, which is people like Roche and those family shareholders and these aristocrats who think they're better than all of us. And that's the real goal. It's not about, you know, whatever, whatever idea that people are coming up with to blame and point at Bill Gates. I know that that stuff is popular, but really it's about control. And you know that as well as I do, whether it's the old world order or the new world order. And it's interesting if you look at the Swiss flag, it has the Templar cross, right, um, up and down. Um, Sean Ross, a researcher, pointed out he's he's the only person I know talking about Switzerland. His name is Sean Ross. He has a channel on YouTube uh, called Gure. Um, and he he speaks French, Italian, and German. And he's been he lived there for twenty years, so he really knows. He he knows he was harassed by the police and and, and imprisoned. Um, but yeah, he he has mentioned to me that the uh, that that represents how you know there used to be a vertical rule, and I thought that was interesting because I spoke with you about this, and you talked, you told me something I'd never heard before, which was that some people refer to the new world order as the old world order, and he was talking about how the old world order is a vertical rule, like the king down, you know, to the peasants, and how the new world order is a horizontal rule, and that's all represented in the you know Swiss flag the Templar cross, a horizontal rule meeting a vertical rule. And so he's saying, you know, the new world order was created a long time ago um, in Switzerland being the first democracy. And it's interesting that they call themselves the first democracy um, because they were. And and it's, it's just like this uh, idea of king's rule still, but for four years at a time, right? They're little puppets in office. It's very, very interesting. But I would say the new world order is already here. It's been here for quite some time. And I think that they would rather accomplish the old world order, like you like you mentioned to me that day. That was that was very profound. Yeah, I think so. I mean, go look at these people who run. I mean, it's the old families puppeteering. The prime minister is just a figurehead in the UK for the yeah. king, right? Of course. And like Crowley, like when you mentioned about Crowley and his ideologies and wanting to them to be policy, if you look at, that's what he said, you know, they wanted like a top-down rule, aristocrats, enslaving the rest of humanity that's they want that's, a feud, neo feudalism they want a feudal yeah, order a these feudal. people do too this control of the commons and everything it's just a kind of gentler nomenclature than we're going to take everything and you're going to get nothing you know yeah oh yeah we'll just manage the commons for you you guys just don't do anything don't even complain i bet they have policies <laughs> in place for people who complain that's where things are getting really scary because yeah nobody's gonna really like this oh yeah uh, and all the, I mean, we can just imagine all the thought crime that's already starting oh. to kind of come. And um, it's it's very Orwellian and it's already, and 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 that's the thing. All It seems like now the, the masses are so hypnotized that they just have to snap their finger with a new variant or something. Yeah, and we can, right. we, can, we can dive right back into it. And uh, I mean, I mean, course, I was interesting because some of the pictures there feature Al Gore. He's one of the worst global propagandizers <laughs> ever. Because you can go back and watch his Inconvenient Truth. Nothing came true. It was just a big scare propaganda oh, nightmare. Yeah. And what an and he interesting flies around to Davos and flies in his jet. Oh guys, you got to watch your carbon footprint. He tried to create a carbon market that yeah. he could rig. So. Yeah, he was he was one of the first. Uh, yeah, he was one of the first climate um, like Greta Thunberg puppets. He was one of the first ones. Yeah, it's interesting because back then nobody really uh, was. Re and it was interesting timing too with all the Bush stuff and everything, right? You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you include Trump. Trump has a sketchy background. Some of these people who see him as the great savior or paladin are just yeah. totally deluded. I mean, yeah, yeah, I hate to, yeah, Roy hate Cohn to and all these other characters. He was supposed to be the protege. I don't know if you know this, but 
He was the guy who bought Resorts International, which is a known mafia fraud. I did not you know heard that. that story. No, no, I yeah. did not know that. Wow. And people, they never talk about that. Nobody on the right will ever talk about that. But he was the, became the major shareholder of Resorts International, which I think was a Lansky operation. And yeah. uh, people have researched that. And I did not know that. There's pictures of him with uh, Trump, with um, Robert Maxwell, so many characters. Robert Maxwell is incredible. But well, yeah, uh, and, it's, and, and, and again, look just at one more thing. Have you ever heard of Mark Lombardi? No. He was an artist, but he was kind of like the one of the early kind of parapolitical artists. But he was it wasn't art in a conventional sense. He was a reader and researcher who would put together art pieces of weird kind of global events, BCCI, Resorts International, oh, all okay. these things that happened. But he would make a drawing and people could look at it and see the web of networks. And it was pre-internet. So I'm trying, I can't remember the type, the name of this type of chart, oh, but cool. you could look at it and see the names and things that happened. I'm going to do a show on him. I think I'm going to put up that stuff because I know I a lot about that. Him. That's interesting. Yeah, no, look up Mark Lombardi and just start researching his stuff. It's really interesting because he can, you can see these names. Like you can look into the Resorts International stuff and it's like seeing the global underground. What Trump was involved with, you know. Okay, so, yeah, I didn't know that. I'll save that. Uh, yeah, so that's like a real backstory. But that Resorts International was... Uh, kind of a hotel chain that I think was a laundering scheme. I don't remember the exact stuff about it, but you know, it's, it's just, you just know that there is a net when Lombardi died suspiciously. You can see a documentary about him. Yeah. Um, he had just had his major art show. So which for, it's kind of like a real achievement for an artist to be shown in a gallery. Right. So yeah. he finally, he had this kind of recognition he wanted and then supposedly three days later, it kills himself. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah look at Mark Lombardi. And New really York. good stuff. There's wow. really, I mean, for a researcher, you can see that the stuff that's happened over the last few decades goes back before that. But it is well, yeah, and that's a phenomenon that this, of globalization. Yeah. I think that a lot of, there wasn't corporate, these corporate entities and power networks that worked through corporations 100, 100 150 years ago. It was families and stuff. But now... Yeah. You just go, and he did one on the Nugent Hand Bank, which was super sus, which I've done a show on, and mm. just all these banking kind of guys that are full of baloney. But uh, yeah, look up Resorts International. There's a book on that too. Yeah. But, and, uh, yeah, and he's uh, New York. And again, the, the ties, the weird ties, like I found to uh, New York City and, and, and September 11th involving the mafia and, and right. his name mm -hmm. and Donald Trump even. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen like some of the, um, I know some people call it predictive programming, but, you know, I think there's a like a psychological priming is would probably be the, the better terminology for it. But like, you know, seeing, you know, in media, the, the predictions of everything that's going to happen and, and Donald Trump being involved in all that. And it just all that all that stuff struck me, like even even the construction companies. I don't know if you noticed um, all the construction companies he used were, you know, mafia yeah. and things like that. So, again, like that burst people's bubble with the Trump thing. It really, it's really unfortunate because I kind of fell for that just, just very slightly until he went and did that. I mean, he was in office for a day when I changed my mind. <laughs> right. Well, I've been around for long enough to know that that's the general tactic of switching to a new president or party is this hmm. is going to be your saver. That's what they tell the public. Yeah. Insiders know it's their boy. It's weird. Yeah. You know, you've yeah, got more experience than I do in that, but I've noticed that my whole life. 
Um, you know, from what I can remember throughout my, you know, I'm only 30 years old, but what I remember is Clinton. No, I remember Papa Bush, Clinton, baby Bush and back and forth. It's been a, you know, a little back and forth game. And here we are again now with Biden and I predict, and I, and I'm, and I'm going to say this right now openly that Ron DeSantis, this Florida guy who's been playing, you know, the right, but really playing the truth side. I mean, he even called the ministry of truth and everything he's, I think he will be our next president. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive that, uh, I think, uh, what's his name? That Shapiro guy, you know, facts don't care about your feelings guy. He, uh, he endorsed him. He said, we can't really endorse Trump anymore because he had too much baggage. So DeSantis, and I, I do think DeSantis will be our next guy and we'll just have a back oh, and boy. forth. We'll get another Democrat liberal after that. Right. It's just like back and forth. And he's a Yale, Yale undergrad, I think. Mm -hmm. So you're just never going to get rid of the Yale people who are part of some of these secret societies. We're yeah. never going to have never, I mean, you that's like the how you crown your study at Yale is be, you don't be, necessarily become a bonesman, but you yeah. go into one of these other ones, scroll. Yeah. And, and that's important, William. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's if, if people watching are interested, that is pretty much my biggest message nowadays is just don't vote because these people are puppets. And it's not about like you get a lot of people who are like, yeah, you know, they play the clip of Biden calling himself a Zionist. And they're like, yeah, it's the Zionist, you know, and he's a Zionist. Well, he went to a Jesuit school. So, you know, which. You know, it's not about religion. People need to realize that it's very much about what you just said about secret societies and brotherhood. It's all about fraternity. And I, I didn't really put a lot of it in the film, but I did mention um, there's this uh, professor from UCLA who wrote a very complex paper. It was pretty difficult for me to read. It's all about fraternity and how fraternity it uh, basically throughout history has built the greatest bond and trumps everything. I mean, even family, like even family blood, like just fraternity, brotherhood. Right. And it's very interesting that every president but two has been a fraternity brother. And um, all these people, you know, we get a lot, like I said, pointing at this religion or that religion or this country or that country. But people have to realize it's about secret societies that don't care about countries and they don't care about ethnicities or any of that. They care about rule, you know, like aristocrat rule. It's classism. I think classism is the most important thing that we need to focus on and destroy. And, and, and I'm totally anti-politics. I had someone recently said I make videos about politics, but I don't. I'm anti-politics. I don't, I don't think you should vote for any puppet because it really is. It's the same thing. And, and, and we need to figure out who is pulling their strings. Right. Well, look, I mean, Clinton was supposed to be some independent guy from Arkansas. That's the way he put it out. But when George yeah. Bush Sr. died, he was there at the, at the hospital. Yeah. He was I mean, always a puppet. He was a puppet. He went to the round. Uh, uh, what's the oh, round man. table? Oh, God. He went to that secret society in... England and and that he was handled by George Bush Senior and he was probably some type of bastard son of a Rockefeller. Yeah, and the Rhodes, and and, and he's a like, Rhodes scholar. Go back to like Nixon and and um and Reagan at Bohemian Grove. That picture to me, I remember when I first saw that. I, I know people here have seen that photo of Nixon and Reagan at Bohemian Grove. That I think that tells it all. That tells the story of you know, what's really going on when it comes to politics. And so I'm very anti-political. And it, actually, it's something that's been kept from the American public. But if you look at almost all societies, even pagan societies, societies that aren't European, there's always mm -hmm. this weird social structure, control yes. of religion, 
and secret groups and organizations within yeah. there that maintain it. Interesting you point that out because the term synarchy, which I, I mentioned just very briefly, uh, there's a great author, and I, I think it's important to tell people that her name is uh, Amy Says WTF. She basically vanished, but she was putting out a lot of work during the pandemic, and she put out a book called Synarchy. And the term synarchy um, basically means what you just said. It's like this rule by a secret elite. And when you start when you start looking into that, you realize that, like you said, throughout history, I mean, back to medieval times in medieval times, it was the Rosicrucians. But uh, and Crowley talked about this as well. Like there's always been some secret society to safeguard the government. And that's literally the terminology that was used. Um, um, one of the um, occultists who, who they uh, credit with coining the term syn synarchy as a political idea, he, he says that and and having um having the Rosicrucians, having the Knights Templars back even further. And then now today, as I pointed out in the film, modern day uh, Masonic lodges, these are part of this, you know, background safeguard for the government. And it's very much how this, this stuff happens and how they're able to pull off these psyops. Psyops, false flags, all kinds of uh, social engineering manipulation, just yeah. inc incredible stuff. And then, so you don't see the tendrils, the puppeteering, if you research, research Gottlieb like you did, it's just like you could never see him. I had the misfortune of being with somebody who watches Fox News on the daily, and yeah. he showed up all the time, man. He was there every day. Like they just oh, put Gottlieb. him on. Let's go to Scott Gottlieb. Scott Gottlieb, yeah. And, and that's very interesting because he was uh, when Bush, when Bush, uh, Bush, it's so, it, man, it's such a spider web and it's so obvious. But when Bush was in office, he, he hired Gottlieb to become. Uh, FDA deputy commissioner, you know, not head commissioner, but deputy, you know, second man in charge. And when he did that, Gottlieb was working for Roche and Gottlieb was uh, also with this group. Uh, I can't think of who they are, American something, but what they are is like a, they're like a um, uh, asset management for different clients. And some of their clients are Pfizer and Roche and, and, and huge. So they have a whole bunch of McDonald's, I mean, corporate up just, and they, they manage stuff for them. And then you see, he works for them. Um, and, uh, it's very interesting because when that happened, Bush ordered a whole bunch of Tamiflu. Well, who made Tamiflu? Roche Pharmaceuticals. So even back in 2005, 2009, when we had that other, you know, scare of a pandemic, we sold. And that's the thing, again, for people who think the government's doing to this to us. No, in that case, it's big pharma. Big pharma tells the government, you know, this is going to happen. You need to buy all this. And, and all the governments around the world stockpiled Tamiflu. And it doesn't even work. I mean, they're under a lawsuit right now. Um, <laughs> and they're losing. It wouldn't be the first oh. time they sold snake oil. These guys are snake oil salesmen. Exactly. They just put it in a corporate form, like organized crime. It's so That's what they That's what They've gotten busted so many times selling stuff. Even the yeah. whole psychiatric community, even the, some of these psych meds. I know the yep. statin drugs have like 0.2 efficacy, like nothing. Yeah. You could go out for a walk each day yeah. and improve your statins more than the statin drugs. They're either making fake drugs or they're killing you with them. Like yeah. literally. I mean, remdesivir, uh, you know, I've heard so many stories and I've heard firsthand accounts. Uh, I know two people whose family members died from remdesivir. It's a roast product. It's absolutely disgusting. And and they even try to twist that up to make you point at, at Gilead Sciences and, and, and some of these other companies. But if you really Do you know, know that the production of remdesivir is so dangerous 
that people like have to wear masks because it has cyanide in it. Well, I it has not cyanide. Know. Yeah, go walk, go look, just read the drug itself. Like it has to go yeah. through 52 permutations of different chemical treatments or reactions. I'm not a chemical. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing, like really, if you want, if you want an idea of who these people are, because this is a family owned company. This isn't just people who hire employees. They are very strict. Uh, I have a, a little portion of the interview where he talks about how climate change is part of their company policy because the family says so. And right. generation after generation, that will continue. And if you want an idea of who they are, the best book for people to read is Stanley versus Roche or Adams versus Roche. Stanley Adams was a whistleblower who worked for them. He, he blew the whistle. And that's what was so weird. I found the Committee of 300 book by Coleman. I read it it mentioned Roche. It didn't mention Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson. It mentioned Roche. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's interesting. They own PCR. And I was already digging into them. So I hadn't decided to make a film yet. I just thought, wow. And he mentioned a friend. He didn't say who the friend was, but he said a friend of his blew the whistle. It took me quite some time to dig, but I was digging and digging. And that friend's name was Stanley Adams. And he wrote a book called Adams versus Roche. And I was just mind blown. I read that book and even though it's a true story about this man's life who was imprisoned, his wife committed suicide because she was harassed by the Swiss authorities. And that's when I realized the Swiss government and the Roche Pharmaceutical are like hand in hand. They work together, you know, and he was charged with industrial espionage, you know, like trading secrets. And he was charged by the Swiss government because he told them that. And, and if you look again, the markup for vitamin, that affects everybody. People, I, I don't know how to articulate it, but it is everything. It's in Gatorade. It's everything. And that is Roche. They're the biggest, biggest suppliers of vitamins. The profit so, margin is off the charts, right? It's insane. Like yeah, and and that's what people when people see something on Fox that says the supply chain and you want to blame Bill Gates or somebody, it's Roche Pharmaceuticals. They affect the supply chain by changing the price of vitamins. And again, like you said, the profit margin is off the chain. And this dude, it, the supply chain is a is a maintenance of artificial scarcity. It's very important. Yeah. So people have to pay more money. That's yeah. the whole gas thing. It's artificial scarcity. They created artificial scarcity. They're at war with the average person. And all yeah. these people are. There's no question about it. It's They're, disgusting. Yeah, and, and you know, you, when you say that, you make me think of like Bayer and Monsanto and how they like made, uh, you know, non-regenerative seeds. Like they made it illegal. Like that's that's a crime against crime against humanity. The earth, the earth, crimes and against earth and, and violations and of the Nuremberg Code. No question. It's a violation against nature. Like how do you stop seeds from growing? And like I just the, these people are sick. And 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 a lot of people think you know like maybe this is all over because they met their quota. Maybe they sold enough or they got enough people injected. Um, but I, I would say that it's really just about control. And it was just another thing. That's why you saw the numbers again. I don't know if people, you know, noticed that, but you know, the weird, strange numbers, you know, COVID-19, uh, 19 years after September 11th were 19 hijackers. And it's just, you know, I pointed that out in the big idea uh, film a little bit, but it's just, you see these numbers because of what you just said, these secret societies. When you go to Yale and you enter into your brotherhood and your fraternity, you're learning things. And there's a reason you become a politician. So it's important people know what's really going on and don't just say, Biden is jacking up the prices, man. It's like, <laughs> no, he's not. You create these, these networks. Like that's why you go to those colleges is to create that network. Yeah. Fraternity or go to a fraternity at a higher 
yeah. school of learning or something. That's and like you said, and and all that stuff. Like you were talking about the artificial scarcity and the and and like the jacking up of the prices and like the inflation right now, right? And everything's going on. That's all manipulated. That's all manipulated. And it's crazy because the common everyday economist has no idea. The person who literally went to school for economy it has no idea you know <laughs> and it, it and yeah i'm sitting here saying that i'm smarter than some people that went to school for this because they have no idea that it's this is all manipulated by by yeah aristocrats and and it's pretty easy to figure it out you know if you I just think you can figure it out yeah we and that's kind of the one of the biggest frauds ever perpetrated upon the american people Absolutely. is that we don't have an aristocracy in the united states it's a total it's total baloney yeah we no full on yeah you have a full-on American elite. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I don't know what your opinion is, but I really think this whole country is a giant social experiment. I've said this in other interviews. I is, think, yeah. um, the British India Trading Company, East India Trading Company, and when Columbus, which wasn't his real name and his hand symbol, founded the New World, like none of that is is what you think. When people are like, this isn't what our found, you know, constitutionalists, which I used right. to be one, like this isn't what our founding fathers want, and they go on about the, you know, the First Amendments and this, you have to actually realize that this has always been like set up. Uh, we've had a new world order probably since 1776. Um, I mean, seriously, not not on this global, there wasn't the ability for travel and communication. Yeah, so we're in a really dangerous area. Because you, you did, you know, you pointed that out in the in our last talk, um, something is happening. That's never that's happened amazing. before because of the internet and travel. I totally agree with that. And it's Maybe it's but biblical. I think you're right. I mean, you can look at Bacon's New Atlantis. They were thinking on those terms when they looked at the U.S. and oh, the British yeah. government. I mean, the revolt uh, happened. Uh, yeah, the colonial revolt we're happened. Still paying the king. We're there's still people's ideas about the U.S. You can just look at all the Masonic symbolism, House of the Temple. Yeah. Oh and man. They have a completely non-constitutional view, and a lot of the people who have a lot of power, Kissinger, do not well, give. A rats butt about the vote yeah or, and you know what blew uh, me away though, yeah. Of the people yeah what what blew me away that i didn't know that i showed in the film and that if people aren't aware is that this country wasn't even founded it was founded 100 years earlier by jesuit settlers from the roman catholic church that was mind-blowing and uh and where is that that's where the frank uh the frederick national laboratory is that's where um, Fauci is the, you know, the NIC, all these places, which are set up in Maryland, you know, and next to Virginia, Mary, the Virgin Mary and the district of Columbia in between. So like you said, with the Masonic symbolism, there's a lot of symbolism back towards the Catholic church in Rome. And, uh, and, you know, we have a Jesuit Pope today, which for the first time in history. So it's very interesting. I know there's ideas. Some people say that the Catholic church is good, but it was infiltrated by the Jesuits. Other people think that your church has always been bad. Um, I'm very um, torn, so I don't really know. It's morphed. It's different. It was clearly a function of a certain point in medieval times. It was a function of the ruling class. They would put one of their family members in as pope. Right. So it clearly was had. It wasn't independent in any way, shape, or form at certain times. And it's always been a power. It's always tied with power. It has an immense amount of power. Very much. Land. Oldest, uh, so most change. It's not the same. It, it doesn't have the currently. It doesn't have the same draw that it might have had fifty right. years ago, at least in the states. What's interesting is uh, you notice. Uh, I, I, I caught this uh, right on the top of the Vatican is a name Borghese. Uh, that family is still very much around. They're part of you know 
mafia. No, no. I think one of the Borghese or Borgias and uh, was the known as the Black Pope in or the Black yeah. Count or the Black Aristocrat in the yeah. 20th century. And they're involved in banking, and uh, you have the Torlonia family, and then uh, and these and these families are still around. They, like you said, they do royal intermarriage, marry their cousins, and weird things like that. Um, so yeah, and just to give you a kind of interesting thing in the modern Wicca, the uh, Gardnerian Wicca, they refer to an old witch book from Tuscany. So there's like a, a little element of witchcraft that goes back through Italian style witchcraft that comes up and the into the modern modern Wicca, modern world of, of the occult and witchcraft. It's pretty. Amazing. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, no, I'll send you that link. We're just, I'm worried about an hour. I got to run, buddy. Yeah, yeah, What's, yeah. Where's the best place for people to watch this documentary? Yeah, you can see the film on uh, wolfclanmedia.org. And I'll send you this uh, Lombardi stuff. I'll probably do a show. I think you'll find it very fascinating. I'll give you the links. I'll put the links up and do a live stream. And people yeah, can yeah. look at it because he's putting together. He's thinking almost like a modern internet re researcher prior to the internet. But he had... He was ahead of his time and he was very, I mean, you call it autistic or, uh, you know, he just could focus on these stories and he did it for himself. Like there's a documentary said, I wanted to understand. That's why I made these for my own benefit. And then people would walk by and in the documentary, people would just sit there and stare like somebody will see a thing of art and stare at it and walk on. But people stop and something's going on, clicking in their brain because oh, they're yeah. seeing all these connections. It's really fascinating. Yeah, I so saw it looked interesting. You could send me uh, that sack of Rome too, because that's interesting too. I definitely well, yeah, I'll, send, I'll put a leak in the show notes and I'll send you that. I'll send you that link. That's it. Berlusconi is a whole nother story. And there were prostitutes, it was like Epstein. They were clearly involved in sex and blackmail. Yeah. Uh, things going on there. So they were, yeah, it was bad. A yeah. Lot, yeah. It was, bad. Yeah, it was, it was, it was Ep Italian Epstein. And that's it was all over the Italian media. They just knew what was going on. So anyway, Chris, great to talk with you again and keep up the great work. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Right, take care. Yeah, take care.